it doesn't matter if there's legal challenges, we're still going to be together regardless. It's not a religion thing, it's equal rights thing. I didn't think I would be so emotionally affected by this. I'm, I'm really shaking. <laughs> and we've been together for 18 years. I never thought something this huge would happen in my lifetime, and I feel like it's a really huge step forward. You know what? It turned out not to be that complex, did it? Instead of saying bride and groom, you just say applicant one, applicant two. With this ring, with this ring, I the wed. By virtue of the authority vested in me by the state of California. This Way Out, the international LGBTQ radio magazine. I'm Lucia Chappelle. Russia convicts petty rainbow crimes as extremists. Alberta's premier trumpets transgender persecution. And San Francisco's historic Valentine's Day is remembered. All that and more this week now that you've discovered This Way Out. I'm John Dyer V. And I'm Kaylin Hartman. With NewsWrap, a summary of some of the news in or affecting LGBTQ communities around the world for the week ending February 3rd, 2024. Russia has started claiming prisoners of war in its heated battle against the global LGBTQ conspiracy dreamed up by Vladimir Putin and his acolytes. Apparently, the pettiest of violations can bring convictions for extremism. A man in the southern region of Volgograd posted a photograph of a rainbow flag online. He pleaded guilty last week to displaying the symbols of an extremist organization. He admitted guilt, apologized for acting out of what he called stupidity, and was fined 1,000 rubles, about 11 U.S. dollars. The queer activist group Aegis tells the story of a woman who was in a cafe in Nizhny Novgorod, east of Moscow. A man demanded she remove her frog-shaped earrings that included a rainbow. He filmed the encounter, posted it online. The woman was required to report to the police station and was sentenced to five days in jail. A photographer is also being tried in Saratov in southwestern Russia, for posting images of rainbow flags on Instagram. This according to the independent Russian news outlet Mediazona. Russia's rolling crackdown began with the 2013 enactment of a law banning the promotion of non-traditional sexual relations to minors. In 2022, it was expanded to apply to Russians of all ages. Last July, lawmakers also banned medical or legal changes of gender. The country's Supreme Court outlawed any public expressions in support of Putin's imaginary international LGBTQ movement in November. Any expressions of positive support for LGBTQ people are now essentially against the law in Russia. Alberta Premier Danielle Smith used a seven-minute Twitter X video to trumpet the persecution of transgender youth this week. In it, she explained the rationales for banning access to hormone therapies and puberty blockers for Albertan transgender people under the age of 16. She announced a push to also ban gender-affirming surgeries for minors, which are rarely recommended anyway. An under-16 transgender student will need written parental consent to change their name or pronouns if they differ from the legal name in the school records. 
The parents or legal guardians of students 16 and over must be notified of a child's requested name or pronoun change. Parents will also be able to keep their children out of any classroom discussion of sexual orientation or gender identity. The province's education ministry will have to formally approve any third-party materials dealing with sexuality or gender. Based on the notion that trans girls and women have an unfair advantage because they were once biologically male, the new guidelines block them from participating in school sports. The new policies were quickly denounced by Women in Sports Canada and by the Alberta Teachers Association. The nation's leading queer advocacy group, EGAL, said in a press statement, The government of Alberta is playing politics with some of the most vulnerable members of our society, trans and gender diverse youth, attacking them for cheap political points. We will not stand for it. EGAL and the Canadian Civil Liberties Union will be filing a legal challenge to the new policies. Alberta joins other politically conservative Canadian provinces. Policies requiring transgender students to be outed to their parents or legal guardians were introduced last year in Saskatchewan and New Brunswick. The governments of Ontario and Quebec announced plans to follow suit, but neither province has acted since then. They may be dissuaded by the fact that Saskatchewan's effort has been blocked by a judge who thinks it will likely be declared unconstitutional. Idaho's ban on gender-affirming health care for transgender minors has been blocked again. A three-judge panel of the San Francisco-based U.S. Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals has refused to reverse a lower court's temporary injunction. The measure even targets medical professionals who offer gender-affirming pediatric care for criminal prosecution and the potential revocation of their licenses to practice. Federal District Court Judge B. Lynn Windmill issued the injunction blocking enforcement of the draconian measure in late December, just days before it was set to take effect on January 1st. The appeals court's January 30th ruling maintained the injunction while a challenge to the law's constitutionality is being litigated in Windmill's court. The American Civil Liberties Union represents two families and their transgender children. ACLU of Idaho legal director Paul Carlos Southwick applauded the appeals court decision. As he said in a press statement, transgender youth and their families throughout Idaho will continue to have access to the health care they need and deserve. Trans people in Utah can now use bathrooms and locker rooms based only on their birth certificate gender. Republican Governor Spencer Cox signed the bill to restrict sex-segregated public facilities the day after Republican-controlled state legislature approved it on January 26. The wide-ranging measure defines gender based solely on reproductive organs. Anyone who uses changing rooms that don't match their birth certificate gender could face criminal penalties. It covers government-owned and run buildings, including public schools, libraries, recreational centers, airports, and courthouses. Pediatric gender-affirming health care is already against the law in Utah. Courts have blocked another measure that prevents trans girls and women in the state from competing in school sports. Florida residents can no longer say trans on their driver's licenses by order of the State Highway Safety and Motor Vehicles Department. The edict reverses a policy that allowed a person to change their gender marker after they had fully transitioned. Now making that change will be a third-degree fake ID felony 
punishable by up to a $5,000 fine and up to five years in prison. Even trans people who already have corrected driver's licenses could be found in violation. As per a letter to state agencies from the department's deputy executive director, Robert Kynock, the term gender does not refer to a person's internal sense of his or her gender role or identification, but has historically and commonly been understood as a synonym for sex, which is determined by innate and immutable biological and genetic characteristics. Veteran activist Nadine Smith leads the advocacy group Equality Florida. In her words, the DeSantis administration's obsession with scapegoating transgender Floridians has escalated into an outrageous attack that further erodes freedom and liberty in our state. This cruel policy blocks transgender Floridians from obtaining the critical government-issued identification necessary to continue their daily lives. Now, an abrupt policy reversal has thrown their lives into chaos. Finally. The age-old Swiss tradition of yodeling is going gay. Queer yodeling virtuoso Franz Marcus Stottelmann told reporters that it has been his long-held dream to form an out yodeling club. He and his boyfriend talked it over with a few friends in the Swiss yodeling community for more than a year. Now, Yodler Club Manertroy is officially recruiting members. Stottelmann says the group will be similar to queer choirs around the world. Members don't need to be gay, nor do they necessarily need to be able to yodel. He explained, In a yodeling club, only two or three singers actually yodel. Everyone else sings just like other choirs. The club is made up of men primarily from Bern and Lucerne and held its first monthly rehearsal on January 27th. Stadelman says that their goal is to perform at the Federal Yodeling Festival in Basel in 2026. That's News Wrap, global queer news with attitude for the week ending February 3rd, 2024. Follow the news in your area and around the world. An informed community is a strong community. News Wrap is written by Greg Gordon, edited by Lucia Chappelle, produced by Brian DeShazer, and brought to you by you. Thank you. Help keep us in ears around the world at thiswayout.org, where you can also read the text of this newscast and much more. For This Way Out, I'm John Dyer V. Stay healthy. And I'm Kaylin Hartman. Stay safe. Hi, this is Greg Luganis. I'm Margaret Cho. I'm John Ritchie. This is Edmund White. Hi, I'm Kate Quinton. Hello, I'm Armistead Maupin. I'm Clive Barker. This is Judy Shepard. Hello, this is Ian McKellen. I'm Jerry Jewell. I'm Stephen Fry. I'm Harvey Milk. Hi, this is Janice Ian. My name's Robbie Rogers. This is Essex Hemphill. I'm Ellen DeGeneres. I'm Tab Hunter. I'm Billy Bean. This is John Cameron Mitchell. Hello, I'm Bruce Valange. This is Bishop Gene Robinson. I'm Reverend Foy Perry. I'm Robbie Kaplan. I'm Andrew Sullivan. This is Augustin Burroughs. I'm Barney Frank. I'm Cleve Jones. My name is Kate Kendall. I'm Dan Savage. I'm B.D. Wong. This is Dorothy Alice. I'm Patricia Nell Warren. I'm Amanda Burst. Hi, I'm Daryl Stevens, and you've discovered This Way Out. This Way Out. This Way Out. The showpiece of the homosexual movement. The international radio show for all our sexually diverse communities. How dare they? And those who love them. You ain't gonna get this nowhere else. Oh, my. That's the truth. Please do stay tuned.
listeners support This Way Out in many ways. By subscribing to our e-newsletter. Email us at info at thiswayout.org. And through your financial contributions to our program. More information about how you can give is online at thiswayout.org. Thank Thank you. you. wedding of a gay couple in California was performed in 1968, shortly after the founding of the LGBTQ-based Metropolitan Community Church in Los Angeles. A few couples slipped through the marriage inequality cracks of other U.S. states in the 1970s. Conservative political panic ensued after a Hawaii lawsuit for marriage rights, and that led to the passage of the 1996 Federal Defense of Marriage Act. California voters passed a ballot initiative in 2000 that defined marriage as for heterosexuals only. Pressure continued to build from several quarters until someone in the city of San Francisco decided to hit the release valve just ahead of Valentine's Day 2004, as This Way Out's Cindy Friedman reported. Mayor Gavin Newsom announced February 10th that he wanted to marry a gay or lesbian couple within the week. He called on the county clerk to remove gender specifications from all forms relating to marriage licenses and to begin issuing licenses to gay and lesbian couples applying for them. On February 12th, City Assessor Mabel Tang officiated at the marriage of much-honored veteran lesbian activists Del Martin and Phyllis Lyon, a couple of 51 years standing. They've been followed by a continuing line of gay and lesbian couples obtaining licenses and getting married as quickly as officials could manage, with over 80 marriages performed and over 90 licenses issued on the first day, and well over 940 marriages held by the end of February 13th. The clerk's office extended its hours through the Valentine's Day weekend. Of course, opponents asked a court to stop the marriages, but the judge refused to issue a preliminary injunction, and the court won't reopen until February 16th. So the marriages continue. Do the marriages have any legal significance beyond creating lawsuits? Probably not. But they've made a lot of couples happy, won a lot of media attention, and made a little money for San Francisco. A record $50,000 in marriage license fees through February 13th, plus profits from champagne sales at the City Hall Cafe. I'm Brian Goebel. San Francisco Mayor Gavin Newsom says his decision to offer marriage licenses to same-gender couples came the night he was attending the President's State of the Union address in Washington. He was an invited guest of Congresswoman Nancy Pelosi of San Francisco. Newsom says the speech irked him. The last 20 minutes of that speech I did not like, and I was frankly almost offended at some of the words and how debasing and targeted some of the President's comments were. That statute protects marriage under federal law as a union of a man and a woman 
From that moment, I came back to San Francisco with a renewed sense of, of faith that uh, this was a special place and we needed to do the right thing and uphold the Constitution, not only in the United States, but the Constitution and the oath of office I took 39 days ago, the state Constitution, which is crystal clear, equal protection clause, that we do not have the right to discriminate against people. Nearly a month later, Newsom consulted several key politicians. The openly gay congressman, Barney Frank, was one of them. What he told me was, this is on Tuesday, was that he wasn't planning to do marriages. He told me that uh, what he was planning to do was to ask the legal people to tell him what steps would have to be taken to allow marriages. And that is exactly what Newsom did in a request to the recorder assessor for the city and county of San Francisco, Mabel Tang. The next day, she announced the city had slightly revised the language of marriage licenses. Those are revisions to the verbiage. We did not alter the form. It's the same form. We made some minor revisions to the verbiage. I said very clearly that I was going to move expeditiously uh, when I announced my intentions to review the forms and documents uh, as it relates to our marriage certificates. And we reviewed it. You know what? It turned out not to be that complex, did it? Instead of saying bride and groom, you just say applicant one, applicant two. Uh, frankly, we may have been able to do this yesterday, but, uh, but it takes a little time to get the print dry, and, and we were able to do it this morning. I'm proud we were able to do it this morning. The decision was immediately met with praise and excitement from many longtime San Francisco gay activists, including Supervisor Tom Amiano, a two-time mayoral candidate who lost to Newsom in a recent runoff election. I think it's terrific, and uh, I appreciate the mayor taking uh, uh, that lead. Uh, let's see what other cities do about this. But in the meantime, here comes the bride and the bride and the groom and the groom. On the first day the licenses were issued, 87 couples tied the knot at San Francisco City Hall. As word began to spread, a line began to grow outside City Hall. By the next morning, it stretched for three blocks. We didn't even go to the hotel drop off the bags because I didn't know if people were going to, uh, if you know, if there are going to be enough slots available today. Yeah, it doesn't matter if there's legal challenges. We're still going to be together regardless. It's ceremonial. I mean, it's, it's not a religion thing. It's equal rights thing. I didn't think I would be so emotionally affected by this. I'm, I'm really shaking. <laughs> and we've been together for 18 years. I hope the whole world sees our marriage. I hope my relatives in Greece that don't know about us see our marriage and that they see that we love each other. And I just hope the whole world can see us as two people that are committed to each other, that are devoted. With this ring, with this ring, I thee wed. By virtue of the authority vested in me by the state of California, I now pronounce you spouses for life. Congratulations. Over the next several days, newlywed couples trickled out of City Hall. They were often greeted with cheers from those still waiting in line to get in. This couple came from Vallejo, north of San Francisco. It's such an incredible political action and a personal action that it's just so amazing to be a part of it. You know, it, it may not be legally binding. We don't know what the judge is going to do or anything like that. I, I imagine that probably doesn't bother you at all. No, no. In fact, in fact, the, 
the idea of it not being legally binding and being challenged in the court makes it all that much more appealing right now to just be a part of that time, you know, to really be a part of it. If, if it one day becomes legally binding, of course, that's what we all want. That's why we're here. But, um, you know, now it's about being a part of this kind of wave that's going on. Lisa and I totally feel like we need to have a personal experience, so we're going to have our own ceremony at our own home. We've already been planning that. So we knew that we were going to get married. It was just a matter of doing it legally versus doing it in our own way. By the close of business on the Friday before Valentine's Day, the city announced that nearly 700 couples had gotten married. To accommodate the crowd, Mayor Newsom announced City Hall would remain open on Valentine's Day and through the President's Day holiday. Now we see people coming from all over the world. We have people in line right now uh, from Baltimore and Chicago. There's a couple that just got in, one this morning from Washington, D.C., drove out the last uh, day and a half. Uh, that's extraordinary, and it goes to the fact that people across this country are looking to San Francisco for leadership and looking for San Francisco as a model, an example for the rest of the nation. And I, I have a great sense of obligation in that capacity. Over in the city's Castro district, many merchants say Valentine's Day business was booming. Brian Schonkweiler was snipping a lot of flowers at Not Just Flowers on 18th Street. It's been um, good business for the flower industry. The men have wanted boutonnieres, um, matching boutonnieres. The um, women the same. They also wanted boutonnieres. Uh, small little hand, you know, nosegays. And... Uh, also celebration flowers for parties afterwards. There was a couple in here that um, had been together for 15 years, two guys, and one of the uh, gentlemen was going to be deported. And so they wanted to get married before he had to go back to the Philippines. So they, they did that and they came in and got some flowers and went off and got married and came back and drove by and honked their horn. <laughs> There's been a lot of horn honking in the Castro. On the streets of the Castro, the opinions were strong. When you start talking about things like the Defense of Marriage Act, as though heterosexual marriage is going to be you know, uh, assaulted in some way over this, that it, the, 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 the value of it is, and the stability of it is going to be, you know, uh, undermined and attacked to this kind of thing. It's crazy. We are human beings just like they are, and uh, we deserve to be married if we love somebody. And we own a house together, and we've been together, and we're in love, and, and we so deserve it just, just like day. anyone else. What's to say a, a, a straight guy says, you know, I've been married to my wife for 22 years, We've been happy, we've had children, we're wonderful, and now these two gay guys are getting married and they're ruining it. Like, is that an adequate response? The news that San Francisco was issuing marriage licenses to same-gender couples reverberated throughout the world. Opponents claimed San Francisco was violating the law, from President Bush... I'm troubled by what I've seen. ...to California Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger. It is time for the city to stop traveling down this dangerous path of ignoring the rule of law. Even some Democrats and unlikely opponents criticized the mayor's action. One of them was Congressman Barney Frank, who worries that the publicity in San Francisco will bolster a push in Congress to pass a constitutional amendment defining marriage as between a man and a woman. There were some members of Congress who were in the middle. There were members of Congress who want to vote with us against this amendment but are afraid politically. Now, people said, well, don't you wish they would 
defy that. Yeah, I, I wish a lot of these. I wish I could eat more and not gain weight. I wish I had the same energy level at 63 that I had when I was 40. But I don't, and I have to live with reality. And I am afraid that this happening in San Francisco now is going to mean no real legal gains for people here and will be used politically against us. Here's my tentative. I've considered everything. In court, attorneys for the California Campaign for Families and the Alliance Defense Fund tried but failed to convince two separate judges to put an immediate stop to the marriages. Clyde Wadsworth, a lawyer who represents the Lambda Legal Defense Fund and the National Center for Lesbian Rights, is helping the city defend itself in court. He does not see San Francisco's action as an act of civil disobedience. Our position is that... Uh, uh, that this is uh, an entirely justified uh, move by the mayor that's uh, supported by the state constitution. Um, civil disobedience implies that it's an illegal action and uh, that the mayor is you know, purposefully uh, breaking the law. But that's not what this is. The mayor is, is enforcing a higher authority, which is the equality guarantee of the state constitution. Back at San Francisco City Hall, it is day number eight of the city's same-gender marriage spree. Outside the courthouse, a group of loud protesters has gathered to voice their opposition and draw the attention of TV cameras. Across the street, a group of counter-demonstrators tries to steal the attention. Inside the courthouse, a judge is hearing another legal challenge and later refuses to issue an injunction. Hi, my name is Terry Stewart. I'm Chief Deputy City Attorney, and this is my colleague Bobby Wilson from the Howard Rice Law Firm. Um, we consider today's ruling a victory. Um, it's our third victory in the state courts. Um, the the anti-gay groups brought two lawsuits because they wanted two bites at the apple in the trial court, and neither bite served them very well. They lost um, on their request for a temporary restraining order. And so we're happy that the court um, is going to hear the merits of those issues um, and that the court did not, in the meanwhile, stop the city from allowing gay marriages to happen. Back at City Hall, there is jubilation that the marriages will go on. This woman flew all the way in from Louisville, Kentucky. I never thought something this huge would happen in my lifetime, and I feel like it's a really huge step forward. And there's going to be, you know, some backlash, of course, but I think in the end, once all the legalities are worked out, I think we'll be in a better position. For This Way Out, I'm Brian Goble in San Francisco. The San Francisco lesbian and gay marriages were voided by the state Supreme Court in August 2004, saying that Mayor Gavin Newsom had overstepped his authority. That same court overturned the ballot initiative prohibiting same-gender marriage that had passed in 2000. Months later, voters passed another initiative, this time enshrining marriage inequality in the state constitution. California's infamous Proposition 8 was struck down by the U.S. Supreme Court in 2013. Newsom became lieutenant governor in 2011 and now serves as governor. 
Thanks for discovering This Way Out, brought to you by the nonprofit Overnight Productions. News Wrap was reported this week by John Dyer V and Kaylin Hardman and produced by Brian DeShazer. Cindy Friedman and Brian Goebel were our archival correspondents. America, Count Basie, and Nelson Riddle performed some of the music you heard, and Kim Wilson composed and performed our theme music. This Way Out thanks Hal Myers of Santa Fe, New Mexico, and Richard Merck and Brad Payton of Silicon Valley. Listener donors make this program possible. Ask us about how you can join them. Look for This Way Out Radio on social media, email us at info at thiswayout.org, or write to us at P.O. Box 1065, Los Angeles, California, 90078, USA. For coordinating producer Greg Gordon and the entire This Way Out crew, I'm Lucy Chappelle. Thanks for listening online at thiswayout.org or wherever you get your podcasts. And on CKUV Winnipeg, Manitoba, Radio Phoenix Internet Radio Phoenix, Arizona, WRFI Watkins Glen, New York, and a wide array of community terrestrial and internet radio stations around the world, including this one. Stay healthy, stay safe, and stay tuned, y'all.